as we round out uh, our broadcast uh, for the week. Uh, and as we do every Friday at this time, our friend Yael Asowski from the Consumer Choice Center joins us, host of the Consumer Choice Radio Show, now syndicated in two countries, including right here on the Big Talker FM on Saturdays at 10 a.m. ConsumerChoiceCenter.org, their website, the grassroots movement for consumer choice around the world. Yael, my friend, I hope you're doing well, and uh, welcome back uh, to The Big Talker. Yeah, Joe, thanks so much for having me on. Pleasure to be on, to hear that beautiful intro music. I love that. Sounds like uh, Big Talker is now the place to be, so uh, very happy to still be hitched to you guys. Brett the Hitman Hart coming in this morning with our friend uh, Yael, one of my most favorite uh, WWF wrestlers of all time i mean who didn't love the hitman from your native land <laughs> yeah that's true i was more of a more of a stone cold triple h guy a couple years later but uh, i do love me some some brett the hitman and, heart and the heart foundation jim the anvil it doesn't get better than that uh, and nothing better than some 90s uh, wrestling talk uh, here on the big talker fm yeah, yeah, get make some sense. As I said, going into the break, I, I'm not much of the day trader. Don't have money like you do, and uh, you know my money's buried in the backyard now that uh, Joe Biden's the president. So you know you're telling me, and I always poke fun at you gamers uh, and uh, you know w- what you guys do in front of a screen all day uh, while I'm out enjoying the beautiful waves of Wrightsville and Carolina beaches and Topsail Island and uh, everywhere else we live on this beautiful coast. You stick to the video games, I'll stick to the beach. But uh, nonetheless, a bunch of you gamers all got together and decided that you were going to, uh, you know, trump the hedge fund uh, uh, managers this week. Break this down for me so you can make some sense into some layman conversation uh, to bring me here this morning. Well, Joe, I really got no choice. Everyone's locked down. What else were we supposed to do, right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this this started, um, I would say it's been a couple months now, actually. Um, as many of you know, you can uh, probably... Uh, somewhere around the Wilmington area, you'll have a GameStop store. That's uh, where people go and trade in video games. Really, in the last few years, many consoles are digital only. People don't really need to go to these stores anymore. They don't need the physical discs. So many uh, Wall Street uh, hedge funds begin shorting uh, the GameStop stock, thinking that they had no future, thinking that people have moved on to digital things. And that basically means with all of these shorts, uh, all of these hedge fund managers were betting against GameStop. They're just going to go to the toilet. And there are a couple of uh, crafty uh, internet sleuths and online tech bros who saw these uh, bets that were being made against the company and thought, you know what, we're going to go and uh, we're going to rebel against them. They're trying to pick apart GameStop, a company that we all grew up with, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Momentum started building and building and building. And uh, culminated into this week of insanity and madness, where you've had uh, huge parts of the internet and internet forums on Reddit and other channels, where essentially you've got upwards of 2 million people now who are in these threads making huge bets on things like GameStop, on AMC Theaters, on Nokia, I mean, so many others. Uh, Not financial advice, by the way, but that's how it goes. Uh, And essentially, it's caused so much. Many brokerages have had to pause trading. Uh, Many of the stocks were halted themselves on the floor of the stock exchange. Uh, This is kind of a new revolution, Joe. This is uh, ordinary people getting in on uh, the stock market and betting and gambling and everything else. Uh, I'm I'm watching the tickers as we go by. I mean, uh, the market opened uh, eight minutes ago here now. So uh, 
I'm, I'm watching that while I'm talking to you, so I'm, I'm still going to be paying attention, but man, this stuff is, is raging. I think that this really is something new. And we're hearing, uh, I've seen, uh, you know, the, the, the term and uh, the organization known as Robin Hood mentioned a lot. When I hear Robin Hood, I think of the Sly Fox and Maid Marian and, uh, you know, Prince John, the tyrannical Prince John. And in fact, uh, my most favorite Robin Hood movie of all time is the 1973 version uh, on Disney, the animated version uh, that I've actually got my daughter to sit through at least once. And I'll sit through it all time, anytime it's on. In fact, I just find myself clicking on Robin Hood. That was the most rented videotape in the Catanachi household growing up was uh, the 1973 animated version of Robin Hood. We're talking about a different Robin Hood here. Explain to me you know, what this business and the role that they've been playing in this whole mess. Yeah, so from Robin Hood on VHS to Robin Hood in 2021, 20, uh, the most downloaded app nowadays. Uh, so essentially this started uh, you know, just a couple of years ago, about five years ago. Uh, two tech entrepreneurs, uh, one from... His family was originally from Bulgaria. Another, his family is from India. So two sort of sons of immigrants or immigrants themselves, they got together after studying at Stanford and worked a little bit on Wall Street and saw that it was expensive, it was cumbersome, uh, it was something that really locked ordinary people out. So they got together, they put their wits about them, and uh, were able to create this app that is known as Robinhood that offers trading with zero commission, zero fees, and it allows you to buy fractional stocks. So instead of buying the $800 version of Apple or whatever it might be, you can buy 1% of that. Uh, you can buy 0.1%, whatever you want. And this app, in a way, has allowed people to invest like never before, to do it quickly. It's a very uh, easy app to use. It's very user-friendly. You can download, you can put $100 on there, and it's available immediately to start trading. And because it has been so easy, it is a preferred tool of many of these online traders, uh, mostly young people, millennials, and it has become the epicenter for this. Uh, over 50% of all the stock of GameStop, all the stock is actually held on this app by users. And essentially, everyone has been using and trading. And what happened yesterday, unfortunately, is that there was a, a section where Robinhood said, look, we can't support this anymore. Uh, it's too much pressure on our systems. So they actually paused the buying of various stocks, including GameStop and all of the others. And that led to a huge outrage storm across the entire landscape, across the internet, people getting upset, uh, people trying to, to basically buy more stock, being told they only could sell. Uh, it was a huge, huge issue. We saw people calling for congressional investigations. You had AOC who was out there calling them to task. We had Senator Ted Cruz. We had Donald Trump Jr. You had the entire political establishment, you know, basically turned against uh, much of this company. And uh, what we're really looking for today is if people are going to be allowed to trade these stocks still and what's going to happen. There's there is so much at play here, Joe. It's a, it's a lot of people behind the scenes, but... It is consumer choice, man. This is a an app that's that's allowed people to buy into the the stock market at very low prices and do so to a great extent. It's definitely caused a lot, but uh, this is is definitely something that is making a lot of people on Wall Street very very nervous right now. Now, with all of this that has played out the, over the past week and in the weeks leading up to this, does this kind of qualify? You know, the the efforts made by you know. 
the hedge fund managers and the and the big uh, wigs on Wall Street. Does this kind of qualify the thoughts of the little people out here, the everyday American citizen that may have a little extra change to toss around in the stock market and look to make some more money? Does this qualify their thoughts that the elites are going to do what elites do? And uh, you know, when it's okay for them to carry out similar practices, uh, there's no problem with it. But when it's the little guy you know, making these type of inroads, we have to put a stop to this. Does this kind of qualify that there's one set of rules for the the elites and and another set for you know everyday America? Yeah, and I mean that's definitely how it's perceived and how it looks. I mean the the largest movers and shakers on Wall Street, you know, are not going to be Pam and Joe down the street. They're huge institutional actors. They're hedge funds that are in London or in New York. Uh, actually, public pensions are actually huge movers on the markets. Uh, so many of your retired school teachers, if your pension funds, uh, these are actually huge movers, and they actually buy tons of stock. And you know, in many states, it's billions and billions of dollars. So you know, is it is it uh, Wall Street rising up? You know, it's hard to tell. It's uh, these. This is just market phenomenon. It's another type of of kind of bubble of the moment. We've had these, you know, going back hundreds of years. The tulip bubble in the Netherlands. We've had m- many things with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, stock market, dot com. Uh, really, it is, though, interesting in this case because ordinary people are getting in on it. And uh, I don't, again, the financial advice thing is everyone, everything's, everyone is very wor- wary about that. But you have a, a situation where everyone and their grandmother is asking about this stock. Uh, that usually says something. You know, if uh, a lot of business people used to say uh, a stock is good until you hear your taxi driver ask about it. And the more and more people that are buying in, that means that the people at the top are actually selling their shares, and it's soon going to go down. Um, but look, this is something that anyone has an opportunity to learn. That's why Robinhood, I, I still believe, is a very good service. Uh, they probably made a pretty bad decision, but uh, then again, we don't know behind the scenes the fundamentals, even if they were able to keep the doors open past tomorrow, because uh, you can bet they got a lot of Wall Street firms uh, trying to jump down their throat right now. Uh, still a very good tool, very good way to, to learn how the market works. Even if you put in 10 bucks and you understand uh, how this stock works or that stock works, uh, there's all types of different investments that people can make. And uh, if, you, if you listen to the big talker throughout the week, you can hear Dave Ramsey talk all about this and uh, what the best, best strategies are. So I can't tell you that right now. Yael Lasowski with the Consumer Choice Center right now with us here this morning, host of the Consumer Choice Radio Show, 10 o'clock Saturday mornings here on the Big Talker FM, consumerchoicecenter.org, their website. You can find uh, all of the timely topics related to consumer choice in our country and all around the world that they're highlighting and following. Uh, we're talking a lot about money uh, these days, uh, Yael. It's uh, you know a fun time, no doubt, to, to see how things are uh, shaking out, uh, we know that uh, the Bitcoin world and uh, this type of cryptocurrency has been very popular uh, among groups of uh, people for the last number of years. Kind of break down that situation as far as you know, looking into the future as to the future of uh, these cryptocurrencies in this financial world that uh, you know people are getting into and learning more and more about. Uh, you know, without uh, any you know formal type of education or you know qualifications to get into it. Uh, Bitcoin has been a, a, a popular term, particularly on social platforms over the last number of years. Kind of break that down for us in layman's terms this morning. Yeah, I mean, you, you've had the, the rise of this kind of new digital cryptocurrency. And what makes it a currency essentially is that it's just a very hard equation that only a computer can compute. 
and it's to a fixed amount of coins that will be sent out, approximately 21 million of them. And it's all available on a public ledger so everyone can see how this is calculated and when. Anyone can see all transactions that are made around the world. It's uh, one of the more transparent ways that you have a, a type of public ledger. Every business has their own ledger, what's coming in, what's going out. Uh, this is actually a public one that anyone can see online digitally. And this is something that has arrived as an alternative currency for many people. People use it to send money left and right between countries. And people use it right now as an investment thing. And that's, that's sort of why it gets news. But the, the kind of revolutionary aspects behind it are probably the most interesting because Bitcoin does not require traditional banks. It does not require traditional lending. It doesn't require any of this stuff. And actually, it can be sent for really almost no fees at all. The only fees are involved are just in the, the small uh, parts of electricity and transactions of the blocks that have to be exchanged. And what we're seeing much more is that as people are getting into the stock market, people are understanding investing, I'm predicting a lot more of these people are going to start getting intrigued by this decentralized finance world into Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin is not just traded between you know, 9.30 and 4. This is traded 24 hours a day. It's something that can be thrown and used around the world. It, it's something that could actually unite many of us and could really turn the entire world into this huge kind of uh, stock market, as it were. And we've seen some people who've been very bullish on it. You know, in the media, obviously, Elon Musk is huge. He was just tweeting about it this morning. It went up 25%. We've had the, the head of Twitter Jack, he has it in his profile, all other types of people. And then come to know it, one of our own North Carolina congressmen, Mr. Uh, Patrick McHenry, representative from the 10th District. So that's just north of Mecklenburg County out there in the middle of the state, uh, northwest. And uh, there was a challenge that was offered somewhere online uh, as to what would be the first city or state or anywhere uh, that would have the Bitcoin white paper. That's the white paper that explains the algorithm and all the rules of Bitcoin. What would be the first governmental entity to host it? And our own Patrick McHenry, representative from the 10th District here in North Carolina, was the first one to put it up on a congressional website. So you can go to, to house.mchenry.gov slash Bitcoin PDF, and it's right there. He took on the challenge. It seems he's fairly bullish on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. We're trying to get him on Consumer Choice Radio to talk about it. Uh, but it's just to say that this is something that's going to be with us a long time. You don't need to understand every part of it. Just know that alternatives exist. Consumers are being empowered. And uh, the waves keep moving, Joe. Things are, are, are changing every day. And uh, while we're all locked down, at least there's a little bit of innovation happening. Patrick McHenry. Yeah, I mean, is that not a American pol politician name for the books? I mean, what a name that guy has, huh? Yeah, and uh, Patrick McHenry, I've been very critical of him in the past. Uh, he hasn't necessarily been a friend to those of us who've advocated for legalizing and uh, regulating cannabis, uh, but he's fairly young. He was elected, you know, he was not more than 30 years old, and uh, he's he's been there a good while now in Congress, and everything that I'm hearing on Bitcoin and, uh, you know, sort of his interest in that, and he's on the House Financial Services Committee as the ranking member, so he's the top Republican uh, who is there on the House committee that deals with financial regulation. That could be a good thing. That means that North Carolina uh, might actually have a pretty innovative congressman, not one that's just interested in communications, Joe. I think you know what I'm talking about. But I, I, I love this. I, I think it's interesting to see people who are adopting this and understanding the need for 
good and smart regulation, and, and we'll see what happens from here on out. Yael, as we wrap up our conversation here this morning, just to bring into uh, some national politics and uh, the Rona, uh, this is, uh, you know, now we're finding out quickly that the new administration doesn't necessarily, you know, <laughs> have a game plan uh, and maybe it's just follow what the previous administration has been doing as far as handling the pandemic uh, you know his forecast hasn't been you know, we're in for a dark winter and uh, realizing that his response is no better than the previous administration if you felt the previous administration wasn't doing enough did we expect anything less i mean really well i mean from from the the talk of it in the very beginning, you know, the Joe Biden administration was going to come out with an iron fist. You know, we're going to be